0: So every year on this night, we read from Luke's Gospel. The entire reading is verses 1 through 20. I'm going to read the first seven verses now. We'll come back and read the rest a little later. Listen, friends, for the word of God as it is proclaimed by God's servant, the evangelist Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So there are many, many reasons why people love this time of year so much. I'm guessing that you have your uh, own list of favorite things about Christmas. I certainly do. Uh, We are in the midst of one of them right now. Christmas Eve worship is uh, truly a highlight of the year for me, whether that's it. Uh, 11 in the morning or 11 p.m. at night, doesn't matter. All of Christmas Eve worship is wonderful. And it it seems to me that how we, uh, how we feel about the Christmas season is very closely linked to our memories of the season. Now, hopefully uh, these memories on balance are good. If not, I hope you're making some new good memories to replace the old difficult ones because our memories about Christmas um, maybe more than any other time of the year, tend to tend to shape how we feel about the season and how we uh, experience it. And I'm going to give you an example of this. So think about the favorite Christmas gifts you received as a child, the ones that, that stand out in your in your memory. Now, hopefully uh, every Christmas had some wonderful surprise under the tree, but there are probably a few that immediately come to mind, and for me, um, this is the earliest one for me. It was uh, one Christmas morning, it was before my little brother was born, there was an incredible Lionel train set underneath the tree. It had um, a train station, it had a coal station with actual fake coal that you poured into a a coal cart, it had lots of track so you could go really fast without derailing the thing. I mean, I loved this train, and I played with it uh, into my teens, for sure. A few years later, yeah, we've got some Gen X folk in here. There was one magical Christmas morning that my little brother and I woke up, and under the tree was an Atari 2600. Now, listen, for the kids here today, this was peak technology in the early 1980s. It was awesome, and it was absolutely uh, what every kid wanted to find under the tree that year. I have no idea uh, how many hours my little brother and I played Asteroids, Space Invaders, Missile Command. Uh, the sound effects from Pac-Man, waka 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 right? I mean, that was like the soundtrack of my childhood. Uh, then, when I was a teenager, I got a pair of these beauties for Christmas one year. Now, I've always been a Mavs fan. I've never cared a thing about the Bulls, but every kid who was playing high school basketball in the mid-1980s, coveted a pair of Air Jordans, and I was lucky enough to get one one year. Didn't help my game all that much, uh, but I sure felt like a big deal when I was wearing them. Now, uh, many of your fondest uh, memories of this time of year may be gift-related, but they may not be. They may be about particular people with whom you always spent the holidays. They may be about particular places that you went when you were uh, with your family at the holidays, whatever your most cherished memories of Christmas, um, chances are those memories have shaped how you feel about this blessed day, and may even come rushing back to you at some point uh, during the season. Now, I'm also guessing that there are particular songs, both secular and sacred, that are deeply ingrained in your memory, songs that bring out Uh, you know, those fond memories when you hear them, those fond emotions about this time of year, Uh, because I don't think there's another time of year when music is so closely tied to our experience of the season. For example, um, there is a a secular song, a non-religious song, whose opening notes immediately take me to Christmas. Now, if you know me at all, you know there are many times throughout the year where I'll put on Christmas music. Doesn't have to be during the Christmas season. And any time I hear this particular song, um, I'm like a little kid under the Christmas tree waiting to open presents. Now, the title of this song has come to kind of uh, define the season. Um, It was recorded and released by Andy Williams in 1963. Uh, Always makes me smile. And I bet you can guess the title from the opening notes. Okay? so I did this with my 16-year-old before Christmas. He got it immediately. Now nah, he listens to a lot of Christmas music in our house, but I bet you can too. Okay. Um, it goes like this. And Ben's going to help me if I screw it up. But it's. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. That, surely that, that song makes you smile, right? And then uh, there are the lyrics of the, the carols that we sing on Christmas Eve that are so familiar and that are just just part of the, of this night for us. Uh, we opened with one, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Um, sometimes you hear, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. We're gonna hear breath of heaven. That's kind of a tradition for our youth choir, silent night, holy night, right? But the truth is that uh, all of the trappings of this season about which we have such fond memories. I'm talking about the traditions and the decorations and the gift giving and the parties and even the music. All of that is, is really just extra. All of that other stuff just embellishes the true point of tonight, which is the story that we've all come to hear. That's, that's the point of tonight. It's perhaps the most familiar story in the history of the world. It's the story that that means everything to those of us who have faith. It's the story that that could mean everything, uh, even to those who don't have faith, yet at least. No matter where you are in your journey of faith, chances you, chances are that you know uh, many of the details. Chances are you know about Joseph and Mary and the trip to Bethlehem. Uh, chances are you know about the inn that had no room and the manger and the animals and the shepherds. Chances are you know about the magi. They're over there on the creche, even though that's a different gospel and happened at a later time. It's really an epiphany story, but we'll we'll deal with that later. And chances are that you have some deeply held memories um, about this season that have shaped your experience of it. And I, I hope that those memories are good, um, but even if they're not, the punchline of this story is the best news ever. So we'll get to that now. This is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. It probably goes without saying that there is no other day, there's no other holiday, there's no other no other time of year that the world makes such a, a fuss about as, as this one. And that of course includes the almost one third of the world's population who identifies Christian, that's some two and a half billion people in all. I hope those two and a half billion people are in church somewhere today. But it also includes people who celebrate Christmas without claiming faith in Jesus, which uh, if you ask me is, is just fine um, as a starting point. Because the first people who heard the good news of Jesus' birth, the shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, they did not, at that point, claim faith in Christ either. And yet the angel of the Lord was very clear, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people, to you is born this day in the city of David a savior. That same good news of great joys for everyone today, everyone here, everyone worshiping online, wherever you are in your journey of faith. If you are a lifelong Christian for whom every Sunday in church is just the most natural thing in the world, if you're struggling with your faith for whatever reason, if you've left the church for a while and are kicking the tires to see if you want to come back, if you haven't begun your journey of faith, yet, wherever you are in your journey of faith. Tonight, we celebrate the good news of great joy for all the people and all that is asked of every one of us, all that God asks, is that we say yes to the offer, that we open our our hearts to God, that we're willing to take that, that first step in faith because that first step is the first step toward transformation it's the first step toward spiritual growth and assurance of God's grace. It's the first step toward a new way of living that gives our lives the meaning and purpose that otherwise elude us. That's the point of this night of nights. And so for me, there is no amount of pageantry that's too extravagant to wrap around this invitation from God, knowingly or unknowingly, the many, many wonders of this season, knowingly or unknowingly, the many, many reasons that people love this time of year so much, all of that extra stuff just enhances what God is announcing to all of us this night. And I hope that every one of us is able to hear, and I mean hear, deep in our souls, what the angel said to the shepherds so long ago and says to each one of us tonight, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. (laughs) Some of my earliest memories of of watching TV are of this show, Mork and Mindy, and I'm guessing some of y'all watched it too. This was uh, must-see TV in our house before must-see TV became like a thing for NBC. This this show made me a a fan of, of Robin Williams. And over the years, I've just I've seen just about every movie he's ever made. Uh, I've got fond memories of watching him grow in his career, watching his career evolve from this kind of zany alien uh, to more serious roles. Good Morning Vietnam, um, What Dreams May Come, a very underrated movie of his, The Fisher King, which is phenomenal, and Goodwill Hunting. But my favorite one of his movies is 1989's Dead Poet Society. It came out when I was in college. It's still one of my top five favorite movies of all time. In fact, all the way up until the day that I heard my call to ordain ministry, I would have told you uh, that my dream job was to teach high school English like, like, the char- like his character uh, in this movie. If you've not seen it, uh, Rob Williams plays a man named John Keating. He's a, an unconventional teacher who, who shakes up this stodgy private school in New England where he works, and he encourages his students to become more than they thought they could be. And my favorite scene in this, one of my favorite movies, is this moment of transformation that he inspires in one of his students. He's assigned each of them to to write an original poem and then present it in class, and there's one of the kids in class who just doesn't think he's up for it. He doesn't think he's good enough for it. He doesn't think he's got the talent, skill. He's certainly too embarrassed to try. And while this is not a a Christmas movie for sure, this scene, I think, uh, has a message that's relevant for us tonight. So we'll watch it now. Now, who's next? Mr. Anderson, you're sitting there in agony. Come on, Todd, step up. Let's put you out of your misery. I I didn't do it. I didn't write. Mr. Anderson thinks that everything inside of him is worthless and embarrassing. Isn't that right, Todd? that's your worst fear? I think you're wrong. I think you have something inside of you that is worth a great deal. I sound my R. Eric yawp. tops of the world. W, W, Uncle Walt, again. Now, for those of you who don't know, a yelp is a loud cry or yell. Now, Todd, I would like you to give us a demonstration of a barbaric yelp. <laughs> come on, you can't yelp sitting down. Let's go, come on, up. You gotta get in yawping stance. <laughs> A, a yaw. No. Not just a yaw. A barbaric yaw. <laughs> yaw. Oh, come on. Louder. Yawk. Oh, that's a mouse. Come on. Louder. Yaw. Oh, good God, boy. Yell like a man. there it is. You see? You're a barbarian and you have a barbarian in you, after all. Now, you don't get away that easy. Picture of Uncle Walt up there. What does he remind you of? Don't think. Answer. A, a, a madman. What kind of madman? Well, think about it. Just answer again. A crazy madman. Oh, you can do better than that. Free up your mind. Use your imagination. Say the first thing that pops into your head, even if it's total gibberish. Go uh, on, go uh, a sweaty-tooth madman. Good God, boy. There's a poet in you after all. There. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close them. Now, describe what you see. Uh, I, I close my eyes. Yes. Uh, and this image floats beside me. sweaty-tooth madman. A sweaty-tooth madman. With a stare that pounds my brain. Oh, that's excellent! Now give him action. Make him do something. His hands reach out and choke me. That's wonderful, wonderful. And all the time he's mumbling. What's he mumbling? Mumbling truth. Yeah, yeah. Truth, like like a blanket that always leaves your feet cold. Forget them. Forget them. Stay with the blanket. Tell me about that blanket. You you you, you push it, stretch it. It'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it. It'll never cover any of us. From the moment we enter crying to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry. And scream. Don't you forget this. Man, that is a magical scene for anybody who's ever tried to teach anybody else anything. And I, I love that last line so much. <laughs> So having inspired this this shy, self-conscious boy to find his voice, having shown him a glimpse of what's inside him that he didn't even know was there, having seen him take that first step toward something that will lead to bigger things, surely. Mr. Keating says quietly, it's not a command, It's it's like a plea. He says, don't you forget this. Don't forget the magic of this moment right now. Which is how I feel about the way many of us feel on this most blessed of nights. I don't know about you, but maybe tonight is the night that you feel closest to God. That was my story for a while in my life for some years. Or at least uh, this is the night when you feel most open to the invitation of God. I mean, How can you not be open to the invitation of God in this beautiful place with this beautiful music on the eve of our most beloved day? And I am convinced that in the midst of this season that is so often defined by our memories, that all of us need to take the memory of this night back out into the world when we leave. The memory of this night needs to go with us when we walk out those doors, because between this Christmas and next, There will be great highs and terrible lows in every one of our lives. Someone you love may be born in the coming year. (laughs) Someone you love may go on to their eternal reward this coming year. There will be relationships in your life that will bring you joy in the coming year, while some are going to get rocky and some may even come to an end. Some things in your life will go exactly the way you want them to, while others may feel like a great defeat or a great tragedy. And in the world, in the daily news, there are gonna be these poignant moments of great beauty and grace, these moments that remind us of our, of our common humanity and our shared destiny, and then there will surely be examples of suffering that will shake our faith in humanity and make us despair of the human condition. Between this Christmas and next, So much will happen. So much will happen that every single one of us in our joy and in our grief in our triumphs and in our disasters in our laughter and in our tears between this Christmas and next, every single one of us will need the promise and the grace of God that we're being offered here tonight. In the words of the angel, I am bringing you good news of great joy, the best news of the best joy for all the people, because to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. In the words of Mr. Keating, don't you forget this. Amen.